Hello, everybody, and welcome to Don't Talk About It. Today, we are going to discuss one of my favorite topics. It is called modeling. It is the simplest idea and the hardest concept to execute. It starts with a little bit of childhood, and it ends with a couple examples in two different areas of uh, work. One is education, and one is more of a corporate environment. And there's different examples of how modeling relates to each of those areas and how they're a part of our, our life every day. So how many of us as a child remember our parents saying, do what I say, not what I do? Uh, I'm sure it's very, very common. Everybody's probably heard that sometime as a child. And there's a, a statement with that, that when I was a kid, I used to think that it was some sort of privilege. That statement was some sort of privilege that like once you became a parent or once you be entered the workforce and um, became an adult, then you had the right to say that. And it was a, like a privilege that you earned. Uh, but now that I've, you know, grown up, I realize that that statement is total bullshit. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, we just don't want to call ourselves out for taking the action that we're doing and, uh, take ownership for that. So it's a, you know, that statement is really a lack of accountability. Um, you know, I mean, it's all in good fun here and there, but you know, what we're really doing is saying that, um, that I am going to perform something and show you an example of how to do that, but I don't want you to do that, even though that's what I'm showing you. And that's where, you know, things get, I would say, really confusing. So, so now that I know that there is no granted magical privilege that you get where you're always right and, um, you know, you don't have to actually be accountable for your actions, uh, I started taking this concept and realizing that most of us echo what we see. So if we are a parent and let's say we come home stressed from work and we enter the house with a heightened level of stress, we are going to project that onto everybody else in that household if we're not aware of it. And right now, um, you know, if you're, if you're working from home or, you know, your kids are home, we're all in really close, tight-niche environments right now. And um, I've been listening to this podcast called Unlocking Us by Bernie Brown, and I just absolutely love her. She, I, she has this saying that says, go vulnerable or go home, and I love it. Um, I think she is the example of modeling like you need to own yourself and you need to identify things and um you need to to really show what is going on here instead of um covering it up and um ignoring it you need to take ownership she has this great podcast on fft's and it um stands for f and verse times and it's great. Once you start to identify what's going on, it, it becomes so much easier. And I feel like there's a similar concept with modeling that once we start to identify what we're doing and we start by making the change in ourselves, then we can start 
showing that example to those who are around us. And, um, you know, when people see good, they just, they want to follow it. It feels good and they want to be part of it. They want to contribute to it. It's like good follows good, just like bad follows bad. So we're getting a little off course. So, um, jumping back into the childhood thing, I always grew up and, um, watched my parents do, you know, these crazy actions and then would say, don't do that. And uh, what I realized is when I first got into um, my adulthood and I started getting into the workforce, um, and actually it happened before that, it was more about friendships, is I was late, I wasn't um, being respectful of other people's time, and then I would be pissed when somebody else showed up late. And it was like, wow, that's, that's hypocrisy 101 right there. And so if, if I want to, to set an example of what my expectations are, then I need to put those expectations on myself first. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and jump into our first example of this. Uh, I've had this conversation with so many people. I love to talk on this topic. And, um, but more than anything, I love to listen on this topic to what other people have to say and what their stories are and their perspectives. Um, but my first listening event comes from this gentleman named Miles, and he was a um, professor at uh, a Southern California, big Southern California university. And um, he was a new professor at the time and he was taking over this class and he shared a story to me about how modeling was exactly what he needed to change his life and to change his environment and to have an effect on the people who interact with him. So Miles shows up to his first day of class and he's we're, we're sharing this story over, over coffee and, um, it's just a great morning to listen. And I want to share this with all of you. So, so Miles shows up to his first day of class and the students are rowdy, you know, nobody's paying attention. He shows up actually a little bit late. Um, and he's trying to get the attention of the class and he's yelling and he's quiet, quiet, you know, I'm here everybody in your seats, you know, and, and the, the kids don't even care. I mean, this is college, you know, I, I mean, it's the first time that kids are allowed to be out on their own as adults, you know, and now they're told to be, uh, to act a specific way. They, you put them right back into parenting and, you know, they're already, you know, defiant because they've been given this freedom. And so miles halfway through his, his energetic, um, boisterous uh, attempt to try to get these, these kids to settle down, he, he simply puts his bag under his desk and just starts writing on the chalkboard. And he starts writing out the day's lesson. He doesn't say anything. And after about five minutes, <laughs> the student started to quiet they started to watch what he was doing and they started to model the behavior that they were witnessing. And so what he was projecting is what he was getting in return. 
And that simple concept started the path to a whole new year. So from that point on, Miles had this epiphany about what was happening and it was like parenting. And Miles was a, a dad of two and um, Miles has since passed, um, but I, you know, his story still lives on. And, you know, as a father of two, he realized that when he came home from work, the attitude that he was feeling under the surface is what he noticed his kids were echoing. And he tried this as a, as a study, um, as he was, you know, a curious professor and he would come home and he would try to act a certain way, but be genuine about it not fake it, but be really genuine. If he wants to be calm, he would take a minute, sit in his car and try to be calm and then walk in the house calmly. He would start bringing this into other behaviors too by saying less and doing more. So if he wanted the kids to be quiet, he would set that example. If he wanted everybody at the table to finish his milk, he would set that example. And I know it's so much easier said than done. And there's probably people out there that are going to say, Deed, there is no way that if I drink a full glass of milk, my kids are going to even pay attention to me. But it's the repetitiveness and you're not going to get the same exact action. What you're going to get is this a similar theory or approach of respecting others and those around you and that we cannot ask of others. And this is my favorite line from Miles. We cannot ask of someone what we are not willing to do ourselves. We label ourselves instantly as hypocrites and we lose all respect from those around us. So if you want something done, don't say it do it. Model it. Show it. You have to repeat yourself less when you constantly show and model the expectation that is expected of you on the daily. And this concept is what Miles carried to his class every day. He would start showing up promptly five minutes early before class and he'd play some music. What happened throughout the year? Kids started showing up earlier to class. Maybe it was just because they liked the music he was playing. But more than anything, I truly believe, and so does Miles, that they were following his example. This continued in almost every aspect of Miles' life. Home, work, and personal life with friends. Interactions and relationships. Miles never asked of anybody what he was not willing to do himself. And he constantly saw that his expectations were met. My next example of this comes from a gentleman named Chris. And Chris is a regional manager for a um, huge uh, coffee chain on the West Coast. And um, he interacts with multiple stands. I think he oversees like 200 stands. And um, he constantly sees different management tactics with people. And um, he ended up taking over this one stand that had an 84% turnover rate. 
And as he witnessed the stand before he, you know, fully took it over, he saw that what was happening is the manager set the tone of the stand. And what the manager was doing was not respecting his coworkers, was not valuing himself or his coworkers, their time, their actions, their behaviors, their desires. None of that was in play. And then he would constantly do something and then tell the employees that they weren't allowed to do that. And this is what Chris witnessed over the course of about three months. And so when Chris took action and, and took over the stand, he started modeling his expectations. He wrote them at, you know, up in a document and posted them on the stand. However, when they're posted, what happens with signs? We never read them. I mean, that's why most of our signs have switched to recognizable visual symbols because we don't read. We know a, a green stoplight means go. We know a red stoplight means stop. But how many people miss a yield sign or how many people miss a stop sign? Um, a lot of times we just don't read. You know, we, we look for visual cues. And, and this becomes a behavioral. We look for visual cues. And if the behavior that we're modeling is a bad visual cue, then that's what other people are going to pick up on. And so Chris used the same concept. And the stand that he had started with had an 84% turnover rate. And it sounds so simple in this podcast, but it is the hardest damn thing you've ever done in your life because every time you catch yourself doing it in awareness, you're like, oh shit. And then you got to take ownership for it. And then you have to go tell the people who called you out on it that you're right. I deviated. This is a blind spot for me. And, you know, thank you for holding me accountable. So you cannot model without ownership and you have to take that ownership or else you instantly become a hypocrite and then you lose your respect for the people who are around you. So going back into Chris, Chris had 84% turnover rate. And so he started showing up and modeling his expectations. And this came with conversation. So he asked the employees, what is it that you like about working here? If you could change one thing and that's it, set the parameters. If you can change one thing, what would it be? Because you don't want to give people just an open floor for, a, for I would say, kind of a vent fest. Because we want this to be constructive. And we want it to make progress. And we want it to make progress in a positive way. So it has to be framed within parameters as well. So Chris had these conversations and he modeled his expectations. And he realized... I've heard all over the place through documentation, through studies, you have to repeat yourself seven times before something becomes a habit. You have to repeat yourself 11 times. You have to repeat yourself 21 times. I've heard it all different ways. But here's the thing. All those times that we repeat ourselves, we can cut down on by modeling, constantly modeling our expectations. If you've ever watched or um, somebody kind of do like the bystander effect and the bystander effect is where it's like a learned behavior is where you assume kind of the behavior is if there is an emergency, let's say somebody goes unconscious, everybody assumes that somebody has called for 911. So nobody calls for 911. No action is taken. That's what the bystander effect is. But if we model the expectation, like if I run and start helping somebody right away, then that 
and I start saying, call 911 and I point to somebody, you know, now I am modeling and putting out there my expectations. And then that's what transcends. If I put no expectations out there, then that is what transcends. If I put bad expectations out there, like I, I, like I ignore it completely, then that is what transcends. So, so my favorite one is, I cannot remember the actual study of this, but I remember the scenario and it was where somebody went into an elevator at like a popular hotel and they walked into the elevator and instead of turning around and facing the doors, they faced the wall. And what they realized is in this study is the majority of people who came into the elevator faced the wall. They did not turn around and face the door like you are supposed to. Why? Because their behavior is modeled and that's what we tend to pick up on. So, and I'm saying this with my perspective, I am not a clinical psychiatrist um, with years of documentation, but go on the internet, you'll find it, it's everywhere. It is such a, um, a known example. Um, so Chris, after he started doing his modeling, in about a year, his turnover rate at his stand dropped to 10%. And the only reason why people left was because they were moving on to something that benefited them. Like, for example, moving to Colorado to start a new stand or a new franchise or getting married or having a child. It was always something positive why they were leaving. It was never because they didn't like the culture or they didn't like the manager. And it was because of the modeling. So that being said, moving on to kind of our little wrap up here in our conclusion. And it starts with a little bit back on, or it ends with a little bit back on me. I love this saying, when it feels good, it makes you feel good. And you want to be a part of that. That is something that was said in the conversation with Miles. And it's something that I've always remembered. Chris's example is so apparent everywhere. What we project is what we get in response. What we model is what people follow. Model what you desire. If you want to see a change right now in your household, with your kids, with your husband, with your roommate, try to model it better. If you want to see a change, don't start by pointing the finger at somebody else. Start by pointing the finger at yourself. Because what we do, what we model, and what we project is usually what we get in return. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your ears. And have a splendid day. This is Modeling 101.